Welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. My name is Danny Cola. This episode of the podcast, I get to hang out with my friend Tyler Hoth. And I met Tyler at an On It Kettlebell certification. You know, I just said, I'm going to go and learn from the best and figure out how this kettlebell works and do it safely and effectively. And when you go do these certification two-day courses, you meet a whole bunch of people that drive in from all over the country that are like-minded and they're actually really cool. And they, they introduce you to a lot of new shit. So Tyler and I said, let's do a podcast. So we did, we did a podcast and we talk about some you know, books that he's read that influenced him that is good information. So I hope that you guys take a, a ton from this podcast because I took a ton from the conversation. It was awesome. So I hope you enjoy. And if you like what you hear today, please do me a favor and share this podcast, like it, review it. And uh, that's it. That's all you can do. I appreciate it. Enjoy it. Great. So you are a mechanical engineer that's musically inclined and you like exercise. I love it, dude. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a fit, you're a fit dude. And, and I think we can, uh, you know, roll and start this podcast with, uh, you know, how we met, we met at an Onnit certification. If that's cool, we can jump right into this. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Awesome. Yeah. And I like, there's no grandiose intro. I just fucking want to talk to you because you're a really smart guy and you've helped me out a lot. And, you know, I just want to have this conversation with you and just kind of just check in, see what's up, like talk fitness, talk about how we met. Because this is how I want to start this off. We, we met at the Onnit certification, kettlebell certification at, uh, at MSP, yep. which I, I've developed a great relationship with those guys and learning yeah, I, so much. I've seen that. And then my brother, too, he's been talking with me and he's been kind of developing a relationship with them as well. And a lot of good things Your came out of, a, lot of, a lot of good things came out of that certification. <laughs> Oh, definitely, dude. Like not like all the all the networking opportunities, the people that we got to hang out with and and learn about and you know, just keep connection with throughout the the year. It's almost been a year now. I think June was when we met. I know, and it's, it's, it's March now. But I, I did see I remember seeing your brother at the uh, Viking Ninja prep courses in August. Yep. Yeah, so he got, and I wish, and I wish I was there with him. I, I wanted to go so badly. <laughs> so there's a there's another one coming in uh, April. Yeah, I might I might try to make that one. I don't Dude, know. Let I, me know. Yeah. Let me know if you do because I'll be there. And like I said, you know, I've uh, I've created a relationship with you know TJ, Zane, Jimmy, and talking with Phil about things. You know, I've talked to Mikey Sell, and we had some nutrition conversations and i've been back there you know a handful of times to do some workshops and go they they, they hosted an, a, a nutrition workshop there and it was good you know they they, they throw a lot of uh, unique fitness information out and i've been in the field for you know a little over a decade and just now i'm getting exposed to this mobility durability this uh, offset weight training with steel mace and you know, learning the kettlebell from those guys from on it was huge. Like, here's my first question for you. How did you, uh, what did you take away from the kettlebell certification and how has it like impacted the way you work out now? Oh, dude, it's, it's impacted it a lot. Like kind of going into that certification, I knew, um, like I've done some mobility work and I've learned about mobility work through like different books and just, mm -hmm 
I've played around with kettlebells like at, at gyms before in the past, but um, going to that certification, it just, it really opened my eyes to like the, the core basics of, of the kettlebell and just like how important those like key areas are. And I, it was just like setting up like those fundamentals and just learning those fundamentals was, it was a, it was a huge eye opener for me. Oh, 100%. Like I remember, like, just like you said, like I would throw around a kettlebell at my gym, just kind of mess around with it, watch some videos and kind of mimic those, those movements and without any sort of like foundation, you know? Yeah. And like, I can go back and watch my videos from last year and be like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know? I wish I wish I recorded myself when I first got into kettlebells. Like I bet just like even my swing and just the hinge and everything, I bet it was just I bet I would just shake my head. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And you know what another thing too like that I still I don't str- I mean I, I semi struggle with this, but it's just it's hard to kind of like keep be, keep being mindful is it's really keeping your feet grounded. I know you're a big proponent of working out with your shoes off. How has that helped you in your fitness game? Uh, dude, well, in, um, I learned about it a lot when I read, uh, becoming a supple leopard, um, from Kelly Starrett. And it just talked about like grounding yourself and just setting up like a solid base from like the ground up and where it starts. It actually all starts in your feet where you're just like, you need to, um, just have your feet down and you like torque them into the ground. And that's where you kind of start your base. And, he kind of lays out, if I if I remember right, it's been a couple of years since I've opened it up, but I think there's like a checklist and like a diagram in there and it kind of walks you through like from the ground up, like what to do posture wise. And, and that was kind of, that was like an eye opener for me. And I didn't even think to start at the feet, to be honest with you, but. Right. I know I'm, I'm the same way. And I late, lately I've been, I'll do like two or three workouts a week where I'm barefoot and I, I really like it. There, there's definitely something to setting an intention with first starting off with your feet on the ground and keeping them there and getting a nice base and, um, you know, just kind of working from the ground up. It's really important. And then like I talked to a handful of other people like grounding and getting like barefoot outside in the grass. Do you ever Uh work out outside when it's nice out? Um, I have in the past. I mean, I'd like to, but I just, I just don't. Like I, I'd really like to do that, and I've seen people do that, and yeah, I, I just, I really need to get around to trying that <laughs> more. Yeah, dude, I, I'm telling you, there's something about just like whether you work out in the morning or whether you work out in the afternoon. Like, obviously, you don't want to be outside when it's too hot, but there's just something about like being outside and and throwing some kettlebells around and throwing a mace. The mace is something that I've been uh, really working with. Uh-huh. regularly and i can't tell you dude how much i love using that tool do you do you work with that regularly at all um i do um to be honest with you though i haven't been working out regularly this past month i've just been swamped with work and honestly i it, seeing the difference between working out and eating healthy and then not doing that and then kind of overworking myself there's a huge contrast there it's insane oh <laughs> Oh, 100%. Talk to me about about that contrast. So do you feel like you can achieve optimal levels of your work when you're not exercising regularly? Oh, dude. Well, to be honest with you, there's some periods where I feel like I'm getting like more stuff done just because like I, I have more time. Mm-hmm. But then but then I hit a wall. 
like there's just like there's that wall that and I, and I hit that wall recently and that's what's kind of made me like to kind of take a step back because but when I was like exercising and at least just just taking care of myself better like I never hit that wall sure I didn't get enough as much done but I could do it longer you know it was more sustainable definitely do you have kettlebells and maces in your house or in your place of work or no um, I do at my house. I have a 40 pound Iron Man and then a 20 pounder that I use to like practice flows on and everything like that. And then my go to is that 40 pound Iron Man. And then, dude, I love that kettlebell. Yeah, I do too. It's like that 40 pounds. I, I, it's just so universal. <laughs> no, for real. It's a good. It's a good way to to mess around with and press and swing and like do one arm offset style exercises. Yeah, huge. And then I have a uh, 15 pound mace and I, I, I love the 15 pounder. I feel like that's, that's the most universal one out of the group. I agree. But with I'm pretty you. sure. I'm pretty sure it's literally the mid range one. For sure. For sure. And I think like when you really start getting good, I feel like maybe a 15 pounder might feel like what the 15 pound feels like to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, like, I agree with you doing, doing a 15 pound steel mace, like, getting in, in the zone and you're doing uh, uh, like a, let's say the three to five minute flow, dude, you are feeling fucking on. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> and it, it is the, best, you, you just, you just hit so many angles that I've just never hit before. And, and yeah, you can just definitely feel it <laughs> for sure. Um, I've developed like some sort of like methods. So whenever I want to like learn new movements and try to ingrain them in my head, uh-huh. I always drop down to a, a 10 pounder. Yeah. And like, I just do everything super slowly and I work on posture and like pulling on, you know, creating that resistance, which yeah. when I first do, when I first started doing the mace, like that, that was something that I had to really think about doing, like pulling it apart regularly yeah. and opening up your, your chest and expanding. Like, that's that's so important when it comes to using this tool yeah and i'll be completely honest with you like um i was on the border of buying a mace and then after the kettlebell certification um i went out and kind of torn around with one at msp i went out and just i went i had ordered one soon after and it wasn't until nate um went to that um viking ninja yeah the viking ninja um event there that I didn't even realize like the the whole tension part of it and pulling the mace apart. And that was a huge game changer. (laughs) Oh yeah. Huge, huge, huge. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's going to be another Viking Ninja. This one's an actual white belt cert. Uh I'm pretty sure it's like at the end of April, like the 23rd or something. Don't quote me. Maybe I'll put it in the show notes here. Oh yeah. But uh, they're really taking off, man. Like they have that, that facility that's being opened up in Texas and Dallas. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that online. That's, it looked like a monstrous facility. Yeah, for sure. So as far as intertwining fitness more in your workday, how, how do you uh, go about, like making that more of a thing, like maybe adding five to 10 minutes of movement, whether it's body weight flow. Now, have you done any like, like the, the body weight stuff that they do? Yeah. I, I try to incorporate a lot of that stuff uh, with the kettlebell actually. 
Oh, awesome. Yeah, that's fucking cool. So like uh, those kick throughs and sprawls and sit throughs and all that, all that good stuff. Yeah, right? just doing those like and then incorporating like single kettlebell like movements along with those and just yeah. Cool. You know, um, when you do a Viking Ninja course, one of the biggest things that Isik likes to do or something that they've been regularly doing is uh, workouts every minute on the minute. Have you ever heard of this method? Yeah, I have, but I haven't um, played around with it too much, to be honest with you. Did your brother, Nate, share with you the, uh, well, what the tentative final workout is for the white belt certification class? Yeah, he did. And I remember, and I remember him talking about it and how brutal it was. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. And then, yeah, so I'll, I'll share it with you and I'll share it with some of the listeners because this, I, I don't work out that hard ever. Like there are times where I'll lift heavier and like have longer rest in between periods and maybe superset with some heavier weight, but I never like, I never go how this workout ended so it was 20 rounds every minute on the minute Mm -hmm. and you you had to complete this amount of uh reps with these three exercises in the first uh, 60 seconds like i said every minute on the minute so it was uh 10 uh mace hand switch squats it was 10 sprawl to sit through combinations left and right and then it was five push-ups within the 60 seconds and Uh you had to go 20 rounds of it by the time i got to round five or four whatever something around there relatively early my quads were so on fire (laughs) from like the the combination of the squats to the the sprawls the sprawls to the 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 sit-throughs dude they were brutal they were so hard but like the whole idea is to kind of put the physical side away and like tap into that the i like to call it the uncharted potential of our brain and just kind of push through that shit you know Uh uh-huh yeah and it definitely it definitely exposes your like your weaknesses because like i'm sure like because with your regular training i'm sure that you don't train for that kind of stuff so when your muscles were exposed to just that kind of like just that completely different style of workout like I don't know. I just feel like you're the, the endurance just wasn't there and, and, it, and it just starts to kick in and starts kicking. Oh out. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Man. And I, I mean, I don't care how in shape you are by the time you hit round, you know, if you're halfway through, you're, you're on fire. I believe you have it. You have to tap it. into the, uh, to, to the, to the mind. Now, are you familiar with like any sort of, like breath work do you practice any meditation or any sort of breathing or anything like that um i used to be really big into meditation that's kind of one thing that like starting this new job and kind of like starting new habits and everything like that it's one of those habits that's kind of slipped that i've really wanted to try to incorporate back um into my daily life i used to do it every morning um using an app called brain fm Cool. And and explain to me when you were meditating, what were the benefits that you got personally? Well, to be honest with you, just like being so busy and just having a ton of shit going on, um, just happens sometimes just to like, just try to center myself and have just to have a moment of quiet <laughs> and peace in my yeah. brain, just to, just to have that time to shut off my brain, to be honest with you, and just kind of think about nothing. It was it was really relaxing and, and it, it, I feel like it just really recharged myself. 
Definitely, dude. That's exactly how I feel about meditation. And I had a guy on my podcast, um, it was probably about three weeks ago. And after the podcast, we, you know, we started talking about ways that we can keep collaborating. But what I liked about what he was talking about when it comes to like breath work and body weight movement and offset weight training is the whole um, balancing being in a sympathetic nervous system state versus a parasympathetic nervous system state. So any, he, he was explaining to me, anytime we're stressed out, um, our brain is in that sympathetic state, that fight or flight state, which makes us more uh, inclined to irrational thinking and, and behavior. And uh, the whole idea is transitioning from that stressed out state to a more like relaxed, uh, what they call parasympathetic state so that we can take in information and really process it at equilibrium. And like when shit does get crazy and hectic that we're able to kind of like make the best decision uh, so that, you know, we can make the best environment for ourselves and our community. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let me look up. Cause I know exactly what you're talking about because I even took that one step further. Um, there is, um, I, God, I can't remember the book. I'm trying to, look, I'm going to look it up right now. Sure. Look um, it up. It's on my audible library. Um, but I used to do like box breathing um, with like combined with cold showers to like practice, Ooh. like getting into that, like relaxed state, you know, under like extreme conditions, you know, just um, sure. so like, like Wim Hof talks about what's that like Wim Hof talks about. Yeah. Well, do you like when you say box breathing, uh-huh. what, what, what is like the number as far as like, seconds of inhalation seconds of holding a breath and seconds of exhalation did you have like a, a, a strict protocol on that uh well i started with with four seconds and when i say box breathing the reason it's box is because it's it's like a complete box so you inhale for four and then you hold that for four and then you exhale for four and then you hold that for four and then you repeat the yeah. pattern and then, okay. and then as you incre- increase your kind of capacity, because the hardest part is after you exhale and, and holding that kind of empty, your when your lungs are empty, like that's the hardest part. And just kind of yes. getting through that state. But like, yes. I don't know, I feel like um, you can build your, uh, your, I don't know, I can't remember if it helps with your VO2 max or what, but you can like train yourself to um, get to a, a longer periods of time. Yeah, for sure. And like kind of take that intense negative feeling, so to speak, right? Yeah. Still looking for the uh, did you get here. what the book name was? Oh, um, What Doesn't Kill Us, How Freezing, Water, Extreme Altitude, and Environmental Environmental Conditioning Will Renew Our Lost Evolutionary Strength. It's by Scott Carney, and he yes, he was under Wim Hof. So he talked about his experience with Wim Hof and everything. What was his name again? Uh, Scott Carney. Scott Carney. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, I'll try to link to that in the show notes when uh, I edit this sucker down. Yeah, so cool. I, I listened to that, so and then I just decided to try it out for a little bit. <laughs> cool. And uh, how? what's a little bit? How long was that part of your practice? Uh, probably for about a month. I gave it a shot. Solid four weeks. Interesting. And, you know, dude, I think you're only 23, 24, right? Yeah, 24. 24. Like, you're really, like, an enhanced thinker for a 24-year-old. You know, uh, I I feel like I don't find a ton of, 
like early 20s, 20 year olds that um, are inclined to think on that level. You know, I don't even think that, you know, I wasn't thinking on that level, not not nearly until I was, you know, just a few years ago, just thinking about how we could kind of optimize all the time. You know, I, I, I guess the way I thought about life was you got to get a job. And like a lot of people think about it, you got to get a job and you got to pay and you got to, you know, pay for stuff and you got to have a house and get married and have kids. Like, you know, how society kind of tells us to think about living life. And like, although that you have to find your vocations and, and, and figure out a way to fund your existence, so to speak, I, I didn't start thinking about like optimizing physically and mentally. So just like I said, about a couple of years ago. So kudos to you, man, to go out there and you know, just research things and, 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 and take this information in. I think it's a lesson that a lot of young kids, a lot of people in general just need to learn and, and figure out how to make mental health, physical health, spiritual health, a priority on their list as they go about figuring out, how, you know, how they're going to provide for this world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, it just, it, it, it makes a difference just like exercising and moving and, and just eating just, relatively healthy like i mean you don't even have to be like 100 percent, but just not eating garbage like all the time because yeah yeah i would say there's 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 just such a huge contrast definitely man would you say um the 80 20 rule applies to you like 80 percent of the time you are eating food that's going to fuel your yourself and optimize your brain and, and, and physical health as a and and twenty percent of the time, kind of just like saying screw this, I'm gonna have candy and donuts and not do intermittent fasting. Um, I say I would say that ideally, but lately, like I don't know, I feel like when I get stressed out with work and everything like that, like that's just, or when I get really busy, like because I really like my work and I'm really passionate about my work, so when when things get really busy and things need to get done, I feel like those priorities kind of start slipping, you know. Definitely, man. And then now, um, now I'm kind of ultimately pay, paying the price for for the first time. So hopefully, I can it's, okay. <laughs> like, this is good. it's good for you to kind of like reflect on that and learn to to balance these types of things because you're a young guy with a family. And I do want to get into your your work because you know it's a it's a it's a kind of work that not I'm not. A, familiar with number one and number two i don't know a ton of people that are in the work you're in so i definitely want to touch on that Uh but when you when you were or when you're on point with your your nutrition what it what are some of the the rules that you kind of go by or what are some of your your on point things when you're trying to maximize and optimize your mental and physical capabilities yeah well like a big thing for me is just kind of developing those habits um because reading, reading the book uh, by Charles Duhigg, um, whatever that book is about habits, I read it a couple of years ago. Uh, Charles Duhigg. It is called The Power of Habits. The Power of Habits. Yeah, it's a great book. Interesting. So that's a big thing for you. Obviously, yeah, establishing a habit is for sure because we are creatures of habit. and Yeah. So, and then also setting that like least path of resistance. So like, like just doing easy things. Like I set up like a a personal salad bar for myself, like at work. So I always have like healthy ingredients, but I still have like choices. So it's not like the same, like mundane thing every day. Like, 
people yeah. like like people like I know a lot of people like the meal prep so they can just get it all done and like and at one time but like sometimes I don't find the time to do that and I just I find it easier if I just have if I can lay out the basic stuff um where I need them I can just I can do it from there interesting a lot interesting so a lot of vegetables uh fresh salads what else do you kind of what else do you do make do you make smoothies or shakes or do you uh do you eat meats or, or protein shakes or anything like that um i do i eat all different kinds of meat um i drink oh i, I drink a lot of kombucha to be honest with nice. you. <laughs> Dude, love it. i love it <laughs> me, too. me too um i've made some in the past and i really want to get back into that but oh, yeah, interesting. Having time. What's the uh, what's the process you go about when you make it? Is there like a specific protocol that you do? Yeah, so it's it's pretty basic. So I mean, when I did it, I just got a, a basic starter kit off Amazon, and starting with that, it gives you everything that you need. I mean, it's just a giant gallon jar. Um, it gives you the culture, which is called a scoby. So mm-hmm. It comes with a live culture, and then you just you feed it. Um, a specific type of organic sugar because that's that's what it, it it eats glucose essentially is that that's what it feeds off of right right and then as you do that it'll um it'll ferment and it'll start to change the uh the ph of the tea that you make for it so mm-hmm. first so first you have to make some type of tea which that's where you can get different flavors of kombucha as long um there too because you can make it with different types of tea yeah, that's that's good. And then you mix that in with your scoby, and then you just let it sit and do its thing, and and eat that that glucose, and then it'll change. And then you just monitor the pH of that, and then once that pH gets to a certain level, then you can drain it, clear out all all of that, and then that's when you can do your flavoring stuff. Is when you do the bottling process, you can just let it sit with different types of fruit or fruit juices to to get different flavors that you want. How long are you letting it sit when it's fermenting and, and changing? It's been a while since I've done it. I think it's like two or three weeks, but I, I can't remember. Oh, okay. So it's okay. It's it it, it takes a little bit. Yeah. It's not like an overnight thing. Got it. So that's, that's, that's why yeah, you- I need to, I wanted to get more jars because that's what was kind of discouraging for me is I took all that time to make it. And then I, and then I had cleaned up all my stuff and then I couldn't make it again. And then I couldn't enjoy it again for like another couple of weeks. <laughs> okay. So I was, that, that was my next question. It's like, how much of it do you make when you're done with it? Like it lasts a couple of weeks. Okay. Interesting. Well, well I made uh, so I just, tr- I try to like when I, when I can afford it or when I'm making it, I try to drink like 16 ounces a day. So one, one, the one gallon, the one gallon, um, jar i think made like seven days worth interesting and 16 ounces a day that's like that's like two bottles of when you're buying it regular right it's just one it's just one oh one bottles are 16 ounces yeah i believe are they are they 12 12 right right okay then 12 yeah sorry about that yeah something like that i get it i get it that's uh it's a good amount of kombucha right yeah and then I usually, uh, and then I I try to eat that with my salad because the the probiotics and the prebiotic um, mixture there they they complement each other really well. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, and then I guess everybody, I guess every like 
this is another like common theme that I come down to with my podcast is like everything is going to be different for every individual. Uh-huh. You know, exactly. I try to break away from this tribal like thinking. It's like everyone's got to eat food that's good for your gut bacteria so that you can feed them and send positive serotonin to your brain and, and, and get those, you know, good feelings from your gut, whatever. But like the fact is not everyone is going to have those same effects. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you or, can't, and you can't, and I, and I don't feel like it's healthy to like demonize sugar and stuff like that. You know, like some people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I was on that boat too. Like don't too. ever touch yeah. sugar. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I was really hard on that keto train for a little while because I, uh, I, I mean, I, I got a lot of good results from it. And, and really it was, it was some sort of structure provided in my life as far as like nutrition that I never got before because mm-hmm. I was always eating whatever I wanted when I wanted, didn't really track anything as a young guy and, uh, you know, just regularly exercised, but I was still kind of like becoming big, like, like too, too much of like a bowling ball looking and, and I had to get size 40 pant waist for my wedding. And it's just like my legs couldn't fit in regular suit pants and, you know, I was, I had a huge fat ass and I still kind of got a fat ass, but you know, like I've definitely lost a lot of body fat since I went more like, you know, low carb. But now I, since I'm in a state where I feel really good, I, I like to do a better balance, you know, have carbs when I want carbs, turn, uh, turn my body into burning more fat when, you know, I'm during the day so I can stay you know, more fuel throughout the day and not have any crashes. But I still think, you know, having sugar or carbohydrates in your in your diet is going to be good as long as you're not like overdoing it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I just, I feel like it all comes down to sustainability. Yeah, exactly. And like, what are you I, didn't, I didn't know if you knew this about me, but I actually have uh, um, a exercise nutrition certification as well. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you're, so I was like, I was really interested in... Um, in nutrition and like the effects of nutrition and so I was I was I didn't know like if I should just like take some community college classes or but then I found a a nutrition program um, through Precision Nutrition and so I actually took their level one certification last year or actually last year and so yeah take me through a little bit about that yeah so um it was a completely online based certification. Um, it was, I don't know, it was structured really great. It was like you had your reading and then there was a video lecture and then there was like a video summary of everything. And then you had um, like weekly tests for it. So it was kind of like going back to school. And then yeah. I just, I just took it like, like on a week by week basis, like that's what they kind of recommended. And then they had like reminders to like, try to help you like build that habit. Cause that was one mm-hmm. thing that it also stressed was, was habits as well. Yeah. That's um, so, important. so I tried to get on that like weekly habit of, of just trying to get those things done. And it, it just took me through the whole process of like basic nutrition, like the, the down to like how it actually works inside the human body and then like coaching people um, to like make, um, I don't know, like I really loved how they, they taught their, their coaching philosophy. It was like more of the perspective as like a tour guide. So your, your client or your person comes to you or 
I just, I use it for myself, but, um, like you take what they want, you take what they want, and then you try to build a sustainable solution around that. And you just guide them to like where they kind of want to go instead of, like you said, like just shoving information down their throat or just saying, this is how you do it. Like making it really black and white, you know? Yes. Yes. Dude, that is a, it's a really smart approach. And ironically, that's, that's a system that I use with my people. It's like, let's build something around the foods that you like, something that's going to be uh, something that's going to be something that you can do long-term, right? Sustainability, exactly. Like Cause that. like something that is going to fuel you optimally. Maybe that is trying some different things and maybe seeing that you do like this, or, you know, you're having too much of this that's causing this, you know what I'm saying? Like everything is so situational, but you know, I get. I guess a key thing with with training people and teaching people is is building that relationship with them and getting to understand like how they function and what they like and who they are, so that you could tailor them, tailor something to what their needs are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely. And one thing that I've learned too is to not. Well, for me personally, is to not like judge myself for like aesthetics or anything like that because. Um, I've wrestled and I've done like I, I I did one MMA fight so like I know all about like cutting weight and just like cutting out all the water out of your system just to get shredded but I mean that's not healthy or sustainable you know definitely not and uh, you do that enough times in a state where you're really developing like these wrestlers in high school they're doing a lot of that shit especially during season when they're two three pounds away they're rowing, they're biking, they're lifting, they're running with all these clothes on. You know, that's kind of a that's kind of a, a fun little discussion. Talk to me a little bit about your wrestling background and what was some specific protocols to cutting the last one, two, three, four pounds of water weight that you needed to get out of your system? Oh, uh, dude. Uh, <laughs> my freshman year of high school, I was the the absolute stereotypical like the person that cut the most weight, it was, it was so bad. I don't know. I don't know if I just wanted to wrestle varsity so bad, but I would cut like 20 pounds on a regular basis every week to make 103. Yeah. I wrestled 103 my freshman year of high school. Wow. And what were you like kind of walking around at regularly? Like like 120, 125. And that was, and that was, and like at the same time as I was like trying to make, um, this weight, I was also trying to like lift and, and get fit as well. So you could imagine how that was going. Did you have problems like maintaining schoolwork or like having friends that were liking you or you liking them and not getting like irritable <laughs> regularly or how did that affect your social life and school? Well, you life? could talk to my wife about how irritable I was when I cut weight. <laughs> But, um, like as far as school went, um, I guess high school was kind of easy for me. So, I mean, I slept a lot in class and, um, it, it, I mean, it, it kind of affected my grades, but my teachers knew I was a wrestler and they kind of, they kind of let it slide, which was, which was awesome on their part. <laughs> yeah. Did you go to a big high school? In I did. I went to uh, Davenport West and it's actually one of the, one of the biggest ones in Iowa. I don't know where it stands number wise, but it was a pretty large high school. Okay. So you're wrestling probably the top classes of other top big schools. In yeah. The state, and so. we were, we were high on population, but low on talent. <laughs> we were not, we were not very competitive in many sports. 
Interesting. The, um, what would you say the reputation of like the coaching staff had? Do you feel like throughout your your career as a wrestler, you got good coaching and good training advice, or was it just really old well? School? I had I had three wrestling coaches while I was in high school, so I mean, I had I got to see a lot of different coaching perspectives. So like my freshman year, um, coach uh, Coach Ryle, he was he was a great wrestling coach, and I think he still coaches. Uh, in uh, Fort Dodge, Iowa, which is a really, really competitive high school in Iowa. Um, and if you know anything about Iowa wrestling, it's pretty competitive, like when it comes to the nation too. So cool, there's a dude. lot of, there's a lot yeah, of so like I, small pocket, like um, towns that just have these powerhouse wrestlers for no, I just, I don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, but then my, my second coach, man, um, coach Heilman, um, he only taught two years um, at West, but he moved on and he um, he left to coach at a university. And then last time I knew he was he was the wrestling coach at the Naval Academy uh, out in Colorado Springs. Oh, and so cool. just being able to, to be under him for a couple of years, like he was he was an awesome guy. And he was the one that kind of flipped the switch for me. Um, when it came to like cutting weight and I just, I just learned that I needed to, I, I, there was a smarter way to do it. There is, there's just a smarter yeah. way. Did you have it. any points? Did you have any points in your career where you were just like, I can't, I don't know if I can do this anymore or like any sort of time before a match where you didn't have any energy or where you couldn't just. Oh, like, there is, there was plenty of times yeah. before a match I didn't have energy or I would, or I would eat too much and that would, that would come back to haunt me as well. Um, but there was, uh, I can't remember if it was my, I think it was my junior year. Um, I didn't go out at the beginning of the season just because like I was just, I was burnt out from cutting so much weight my freshman year. And then sophomore year, I was kind of playing a roller coaster, just trying to figure out because I was in that transition of cutting weight to trying to eat healthier. And I don't know, it wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. No, I bet, dude. Interesting. So then what was the final prognosis of your wrestling career? Did you make any All-State or what was your what was your uh, record? Um, I don't know. It wasn't too terribly great. Um, but I didn't I didn't focus a lot of attention on my grappling. I I didn't really focus on one um, particular sport when I was in high school because uh, my senior year I was actually a four season athlete. I did uh, cross country, wrestling, baseball, and track. <laughs> Dude, you did track in the probably what the indoor season, and then when baseball started, you went and played baseball. Well, I did the. Well, my track season was really long my senior year because I ended up going to state. Um, our four by four teammates state, so my track season turned out to be really long. And my baseball coach wasn't happy that year, but I mean, it was my senior year and I was having fun, so I didn't really care. <laughs> four sports. Wow. Yeah, I've never uh, I've never came across a four sport athlete, and I'm, I hang out with high school kids all the time at my job because I'm a high school teacher. So, like. That's, that's yeah. I mean, I just, I mean, I had, I, I don't know, looking back, I had a lot of fun and I never really had any intentions of going to college. So I just kind of had fun with, with everything, you know? Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think that's something that more people need to learn is that it is supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, it's supposed to be fun. We're supposed to uh, have moments that stress us out so that we can learn from them in these structured environments. Can I tell you yesterday, 
we had to make cuts for my soccer yeah, team. Yeah, you're saying something. Oh, man. Dude, yesterday night, like, when we were supposed to pod, like, I got home, I was eating, and I was, I was like, I broke up with a, a girlfriend or something. Like, I had to relate bad news to people that tried super hard this whole week. And it's part of the game. It's part of the process. But it was my, my first time as a coach going through, like, a really, like, rigid process like that and evaluating talent all week and bringing it down to the wire. And, you know, me and, and, and the other head coach, she, you know, she and I are the first new coaches in this program in the last, I don't know, seven, eight, 10 years. I'm not sure, but we're trying to, we're trying, and it hasn't had the best reputation. So we're trying to like make a statement and turn the program around using like these offset weight training techniques as far as like conditioning in the off season and really developing them physically and mentally and putting the best product of soccer on the field. You know what I'm saying? So we just wanted to take the best athletes. We wanted to take the best, uh, you know, quality kids for the future. And it was a really, really hard decision. Yeah. Man. But, you know, like we were talking about fun and learning. It's good for those kids who got cut that they can be put in a situation like this and hopefully, uh, you know, prosper and be resilient and, and, and come back stronger and go through a, a adversity like this early on in their life, because it's not going to be the first time they're hit with some sort of adversity like this. Yeah, you know? exactly. And then back to like the, the cutting weight and wrestling and, and not being too good at yeah. it. But it's crazy though, how, how much um, it kind of started, I, how much I developed. Um, Cause when I went to college, um, my freshman year, um, before I had Eli, um, I did club wrestling there. And man, when I wasn't cutting weight and I was just doing it for fun, like my skill level really progressed. And then when I when I started doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, just doing that kind of like on a consistent basis and just like and being healthy and like working out on a regular basis, like it, there's it's so it's. For one, it's way more enjoyable, and two, I just feel like my my skills develop a lot more quicker. That's that's something to say right there. It's like what you just said right there is you just enjoyed the process. Exactly. You enjoyed the day, the day after day, the development, the fun part of it, and what did you say? Like you got awesome yeah, at it. Exactly. You know, I feel like that's a perspective that a lot of people – should take without me trying to tell anyone how to live their life. <laughs> it's just go and have fun and learn on the job, learn as you go and, and enjoy yourself. Exactly. Through the ups and, and, downs. And, and the only way you can find like what you love is, is through experimenting. And that's, that's one thing that like, I know when we first met, we talked about uh, uh, Gary V and that's one thing that I've kind of took from him is just like, just experiment. Like while you're young, just try different things. Like while you have that opportunity and, and find the stuff that you like. And then once you find that, just, just take it and run with it, you know? And I feel, and I feel like I've found that with like, with business and manufacturing. And I know that's on the nerdy end, but then like personally with, uh, with this like fitness and nutrition, like I'm like just trying all this different stuff. It's helped me find these things. Yeah, for sure. And that's a perfect segue to talking a little bit about, um, your your passionate career and and doing something purposeful. So talk to me a little bit about specifically what you're doing because you get obviously a lot of fulfillment out of it. Um, break that down a little bit for me. Uh, let me let me see if I how I can break this down. I guess I've never really tried to explain it. Um, 
Well, what I love is that, like, with manufacturing, like I had said before, um, like, as a kid, I, I always just was, I played with Legos, and, like, I built, I, I've always been interested in building things. Um, in high school, I took a bunch of um, engineering classes. That's what kind of got me interested um, in, in engineering, because I learned that, like, I could take anything that I could think of, and I could, I could make it in, on the computer, and I thought that was insane. <laughs> I thought it was crazy that I could, I could build anything that I wanted to on the computer. And then um, because of the large high school that I was at, it offered a lot of different types of engineering classes. So I was able to play around with a lot of different engineering industries like structural engineering and architecture and electrical engineering and design and a bunch of other different facets. And so that kind of helped me um, find a path that I liked. Um, and then getting into engineering school, um, um, because I had picked up such an interest um, while I was early in high school, I got a job really early with my current boss, Ken. And that kind of solidified, like I worked with um, another engineer there and that job like kind of solidified really early on that like I liked engineering and like I was on the right path. So like I just kept on going down that path. And because of that early experience, I got a lot of different types of internships in college. Um, so my internships were kind of all over the board. And if you kind of look at my my job history, when I first graduated college too, it was all over the board, um, just in like product design and like manufacturing and just um, <laughs> my first job out of college was designing uh HVAC systems or something like that, like interfaces so companies could monitor it, like just all over the board. But I found, but I found manufacturing, um, like I get to work with people because I, um, I'm, a, I'm, I feel like I'm a really good people person, and that's something that not a lot of engineers are. <laughs> going to interesting, yeah. I, I, I would assume that when you're more like mathematical and internal that you would be more of an introvert, but yeah, you definitely um, know how to talk with people, build relationships. Uh, you're very approachable and like you, you realize the whole networking game really early on in your life as a, as a professional. And that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, well, just with the networking thing real quick, I mean, I've just kind of learned that, there, there's people out there that are willing to like teach you what you want to learn. Like if you have a genuine interest in it, like they, they will help you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, true. true. But, um, and then you, you could also provide that value in other ways too, kind of like, you know, making websites and, and providing those, th those avenues that regular people may not know how to, how to go about. Yeah. You know? Like, but to but to finish off on just the manufacturing real quick, but like the it, it was like the yeah. people that like really drew me into it, and then um, and then combining the fact that I was able to uh, to combine making things, <laughs> honestly, like taking yeah. taking raw material and and changing it into like a finished product, you know that 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 you can use. Um, like one thing right now is I'm designing a squat rack for myself and I plan on to manufacture it all myself. And, and I have the knowledge and know how to, to like program the machines to, to make those parts. And to be honest, like the only thing I don't know how to do is weld the parts together, but I'm sure I can find someone in the shop to help me with that. <laughs> yeah, that, dude, that's pretty awesome. Have you ever thought about like, um, 
making like being another outlet for making unconventional tools like kettlebells and maces is that something that you can make i mean it definitely is but what really holds me back is finances is because like i'm i'm in a lot of debt from being a father in college um yeah like and then my student loans and everything like that so like the equipment that you need to build those tools is it's expensive stuff like I know I know how to use it and I've been around it and I've been around like the types of systems to design the equipment and the like the molds and everything that you would need for those types of equipment. But um, uh, yeah, I've just I don't have the capital resources. Not yet. Exactly. Anyways, but you are definitely you are definitely on a path, my friend, where you are putting pieces in place. You have the right mindset. You're trying a lot of things. You're a really smart dude. And, you know, I know that the, the ceiling is really, really high for you, dude. Well, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words. <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. So um, you, then it sounds like manufacturing and, and, you know, doing things along those ends is the direction you want to go as far as, like, the fitness world and fitness business. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's an avenue where I could like combine those two. And then, and then on on top of that too, I feel like in, in manufacturing, there's so much opportunity to, to help other people as well. Cause I mean, you get a lot of like low wage people that come in, that come into those types of jobs. And, and I've worked with companies in the past that, that can really change people's lives and give them resources and opportunities to really better themselves. So Hopefully, hopefully I can do one day for other people. Amen, dude. You are already doing that for other people. Um, my last question for you before we wrap this up. Do you feel like you could take your nutrition education and your, I guess, you know, your passion and interest for, for that uh, and mold that or mold a way to like figure out how to like help other people along those lines. Cause there's so many people out there that need guidance as far as like eating. And it's hard to get somebody who's first knowledgeable in that respect and, and has like a, a wide range of, of knowledge and nutrition. And another aspect of it is painting a picture for someone to digest this mm-hmm. easily. Do you feel like that's something along the lines that you might want to do? Yeah, definitely. Because like, I feel like I could help with that because just making it scalable, you know, and just making it like more widespread. um, Because just just tying like for manufacturing, for example, like um, you use a lot of like standard work. And the point of standard work is to like find the best way of doing things and then laying it out for everyone else. And, you know, and that's like a part of my job is like working with all of these different people that are actually performing the work and working with them to come up with the best way to do their job, you know, and then and then collectively coming up with that best action and then dispersing it like among everyone, you know. Oh, dude, 100 percent. So I feel like combining that with nutrition could affect a lot of like, I don't know, maybe there could be something there. No, there's definitely something there. And I'm in that I'm in that same boat with like trying a whole bunch of ideas. So like as far as reaching out to people via online, I use this uh, app called True Coach and it's an online platform to to work with clients remotely and set up, you know, month by month workout plans, nutrition plans and and all that stuff and it's super affordable for for someone like you to run and the the only thing, the one 
really hard thing about, you know, being in the fitness industry is building up a clientele, you know, especially when you're by yourself, there's a lot of collaborations that have to happen with people. You have, I mean, you're an extroverted guy, so you can probably finagle a way to get one person at a time and, and all that. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I think that would be, <laughs> to be, to be honest, way for you like uh, like I, I'm very approachable and everything, but I spend a lot of my time alone at home on a computer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah. but that's no, just but you. that's just a part of the part of the job. I feel like on the engineering standpoint, <laughs> and and, and sure, the, no, like the, sure. the business development and and all of that, you know. Well, I guess that's more reason for you to be an online coach if you're in front of that computer, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um. Is there any other like thing that you want to touch on? Maybe uh, go off on any sort of like spiritual type information. Is there is there like a, a, a practice that you use or go go through to kind of like find or uh, you know find a reason to make sense of all this consciousness, life, and and what the hell we're doing here? I wouldn't really call myself a very spiritual person. Like I definitely believe in like higher power and I definitely think there's like, there's something there with that, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm not a very spiritual person. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And uh, what's the, uh, what's the future look like for you, Penn? What's, what, what, what are your next, where can people find you? Like what, what, what are your ideas here? Where, where do, where do you see yourself the next year? Well, right now I'm just grinding away, just trying to make, this uh right now with the current boss that, that i'm with right now um with his business uh i'm helping him get a manufacturing facility up and going and a cnc shop business up and going so i'm just i, I plan on working hard with that but at the same time like i had talked about before just just scaling back and and really trying to incorporate those better habits of like exercising and and eating better and just just keep on just putting my head down and just grinding away because that's that's what I feel like I need to do right now like I, I found what I like to do and and now it's just now I have to be patient I have to learn the patient part of it and, but um, as, as far as finding me um, I think on I'm just Tyler uh, at Tyler D Hoth on on I think all the socials and then, or you could just go to my website at tylerhope.com and then contact me through there. Or uh, Tyler Hope, T-Y-L-E-R, H-O-T-H, dot com. All right, tylerhope.com. Dude, I really appreciate your time and I, I, I'm looking forward to, you know, collaborating with you regularly and keeping in touch and keeping in contact. And if there's anything I can help you with as far as like coming up with you know different formats of plans and other ways to kind of go about training remotely or in person or building classes like i'm in that stage right now too where i'm trying to figure out shit and putting plans together so please reach out anytime and we will you know collab yeah definitely well i appreciate you Thanks for tuning into the podcast, everybody. That was a fun conversation. Check out tylerhoth.com, T-Y-L-E-R-H-O-T-H.com. He does a really good job at building websites. Super smart kid, technologically savvy. He's my go-to for anything, website, and all that 
kind of information. So check out his website. And thanks for tuning into the podcast, everybody. Thank you, Action Coffee. Thank you, Well Vibes Organic. Go to uh, Action Coffee right now. Get 12% off your order of Action Coffee, home of the Amplified MCT Infused Coffee. And then Well Vibes Organic, you get 20% off your first order CBD products, right? Reduce inflammation and uh, completely safe and healthy for you, actually. That's it. Enjoy. Peace.